Welcome, everybody, to episode number 120 of the Cup of Nurses podcast with Matt and myself, Peter. Thank you guys for all, you, all your support. Thank you for all the subs on YouTube. We have over 1,000 now. And if you guys don't know, on YouTube, well, guess what? I just told you. And thank you for all the comments, all the all the likes on, on all, all platforms, all the comments we've received on Spotify and, and all those audio platforms as, as well. And don't forget to check out couplenurses.com. We got a bunch of cool stuff on there. We got all our episodes there, a bunch of blog posts, all our vlogs, and just a bunch of merch as well. It's coming out slowly. And we are frontlinewarriors.com is getting built out as well. So if you want to check out how that's progressing, you know, check that out. And then stop by the shop afterwards. What's up, Matt? Exactly. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I am hanging out. I'm excited to talk about today's episode. We're going to talk, talk about the five habits to incorporate into your life. And these five habits could be both in and out of work. And they're going to be known, beneficial to change your life. So when it comes to developing habits, I think the first thing we have to figure out is self-reflection. We need to be able to understand ourselves. We need to become self-aware. We need to understand the habits that we're doing. Because how do you know if the habit's good or bad if you're not aware of it? Mm. Yep. And that's beautifully folded to point number one, which is create a schedule. So... If you're trying to figure out how to make a schedule, you have to first understand what kind of person you are. How do you usually start your mornings? Do you wake up in a rush and then already run through the door because you woke up late each 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 time? Or are you a person that wakes up, takes our time, wakes up at a decent decent time, eight, nine o'clock, and then you're kinda of hanging out for like an hour, slow pace. So what kind of person are you? That's how you should you should plan your schedule. Because if you're one of those that's always rushing, maybe you have to probably plan a way to go to bed sooner. And if you're one of those that takes your time, you're probably doing, doing fairly well with, with scheduling. It's going to, to reflect. And same with work. If you're, if you're at work and you're always behind on tasks and you don't write things down that you know you have to, you're probably going to benefit from that schedule because it's going to make you more organized and more time sensitive and you're actually going to be accomplished a lot more instead of just running around trying to remember, hey, did I do this, did I do that, now I can do this. Yeah, and the power of schedule is so important. It actually keeps you accountable and keeps you on track and you know you're dedicating time to these specific things. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example is our life. You know, We came to Chicago, we needed to handle business. We needed to, we needed to put time into our business. So we created a schedule and half the day from the morning to noon, you can do whatever you want. It's the personal time, right? Go grocery shop, whether it's, you know, going to a jiu-jitsu class or boxing. And then from like, let's just say noon to five, we're dedicating it strictly to things like this. We're recording, we're looking over things, right? So schedule is very, very important because it's going to keep you on track. Mm. So great. So how do you now, you want to add anything? Yeah, I was just going to say, you can so easily fall into the trap where you write a few things down or you want to do X, Y, and Z. You know, you're going to go to the gym three times a week. But if you don't put it in there, maybe it's like Google Calendar or you have a daily planner. If it's not set there, you're going to prone to falling out of the habit of wanting to do something you want to enjoy. 100%. And then when you're trying to figure out how to do a schedule, the first things you start off with is what is something you enjoy doing in the morning and plan for that. So for example, like in the mornings, I'll either, so I'll wake up at around 9 a.m., sometimes 8 if I'm, if I'm lucky. And then I usually work out come back home, I'll be back home from like 11 and I'll hang out for like an hour till 12 and then I'll go to the office and meet up with Matt and plan our day. So usually I start, I like to start my days off with something that I enjoy doing just to, you know, get motivated to, to, to start the day because I feel like if I first jumped into, let's just say, going over 
over paperwork or going over finances. That's not something that I want to jump out of the bed to do. Yeah. I prefer doing something more active, something something physical. And that way I mentally prepare myself throughout the day and I also I'm physically ready. In case, you know, Matt calls me, hey, I bought a new sofa. Can you come help me lift it? I'm like, for sure. I don't got to stretch for half an hour because I already just got out the gym. So yeah. I'm ready to go. You know, and then that's, that's, that's like where everybody should start, I feel like, because you want to always start your, your schedule and your day off on a good note. So always do something that you enjoy. If you enjoy eating, maybe have a nice breakfast. Yeah, very good point. Me personally, morning, I think it's very important for that self-reflection to continue to come, right? Because that's the way you're going to handle schedules. So the morning is always for some meditation, maybe some stretches, right? It's very good to reflect. I like to sometimes plan a day there or maybe read a little bit, just stimulate the mind. And having some formal physical exercise, maybe the first hour, I personally like it because it just gets me out of my head and puts me into my body. Like, for example, a jiu-jitsu class. Mm -hmm. I feel great when I get out. I feel very tuned. I feel grounded. I feel centered, which, you know, comes up into a point. I like to do one thing at a time and like to stay focused on things. That's Mm -hmm. how I'm most productive. And that really puts me into my body. Yeah, that's interesting. One thing I have noticed is... Is because you know how you're at my place and I said I'm gonna take a nap. I never actually took a, took a nap. I was chilling on the couch and I feel like five minutes. I was like, all right, I'm tired, but I really don't feel like napping, so I end up eating food. And okay. I was and I and I was tired of going into going in, into class, but then after class, I I like woke up and I was like four o'clock. And usually I get tired between like two and four usually. And what I've noticed that by doing physical acti- activity in between two and four, it kind of breaks that that tiredness. I don't that feel crash, like, huh? it does. Yeah, it breaks that crash. I don't feel like doing a physical activity, but for some reason, after I do it, even though even if I half-ass it, I still feel more energized than a cup of coffee or that I did before, which is kind of weird. And I started noticing, so I'm, I wonder if that's going to carry over till next week, because like, today is you know is what Tuesday. So I noticed that for like the last four days that I that I've done this. So it's it's I want to see if it's going to carry over or maybe it's like a fluke, but because yeah. I never thought about that. Usually I would either get a coffee or, or, or take a nap. I never thought I'd do a physical exercise. Yeah, and very good point because let's piggyback off that. Mm-hmm. So one, one thing after the RV trip, I stopped really consuming coffee. Same. I'll have that Four Sigmatic stuff, which is like the mushroom thing stuff. I'll have a little scoop in there. And then, yeah, jiu-jitsu puts me at like this rush of energy where I don't need a coffee at noon. I've been away from coffee for, I want to say, two weeks. Yeah, I've had to have a cup of coffee in the morning since the last time we had an RV. I haven't had any kind of coffee in the morning. The yeah. only time I've had coffee was when my sister brought it to me at like four o'clock or, or that one time I, I went to Starbucks with you and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Fun fact, the reason why I'm kind of trying to cut down on coffee, I read an article and I don't know if this is factual information, but supposedly caffeine inhibits your intuition, right? So your intuition technically comes from the gut. So maybe caffeine gives you the jitters. Mm-hmm. If you're always anxious, you're... Stomach is a little bit rumbly, can you know, coffee, let's just say, gives you the shits or something that's going to inhibit your intuition. That's the school of thought there. Um, I'm feeling great. I don't know if I'm more intuitive, but we'll see as you know, the weeks and months progress. Yeah, that makes sense because I feel like for you to harness your full intuition, I feel like you have to be in like a state of homeostasis because caffeine is a drug, it is right. So maybe, maybe it is in hindering it in, in some aspect. That's why drugs they, they have their own purpose. But it's just a, it's not, it doesn't serve everything. Like if you want to drink caffeine, then maybe you shouldn't be doing something that requires your intuition. Maybe you should be focusing more of, of on like tasks that just require simple instructions at physical performance. That's why caffeine is good for, good for the gym because it's not, not something where you have to be 
overly cognif- cognizant of. But it's still a mental game, but not to the point where, where you, need, you need that intuition. Like in nursing, you need a lot of intuition. Yes, you do. And I'm kind of surprised like nurses drink a lot of coffee. We do. So We just know shit just happens because it's like the physical uh, body and like, yeah, but we do have that like, oh, I knew that's going to happen, right? Yeah. That, that some, some ooh, shit's happening. Right. But the thing is like, like does the amount of intuition decrease that, ca- that caffeine does? Are you better off just having that decrease, but also that, that jolt of energy with that coffee? Like, does that, that jolt of energy compensate for that lack of intuition yeah. for nurses? Yeah, I have to be a research study. Yeah, I don't think, if, I don't think that's probably ever going to be found out. It's like yeah. way too complex. You yeah, know? yeah, but this is how deep it could go to yeah, figure yeah. it out. So when it comes to a schedule, also, if you create a great schedule outside of life, that's going to transfer the way you're handling your shift to right in, in work. Because technically, essentially, you're, you are creating a schedule at work, especially in the ICU. We kind of plan things out. Like I'm planning on doing, doing my bath then. You already have labs. You know, maybe there's procedures. You kind of do schedule a little bit. So if you're great out, you know, outside of work, that could transfer inside of work or vice versa. So I think just to wrap this up, this habit is great because it'll keep you accountable. And I think you'll be more punctual as a person. And also people respect you more because sometimes people get upset when you don't respect their time. That's yeah. what it essentially is when you're late or whatever. So, yeah. And one, one recommendation I would give because I was, I'm horrible at scheduling things for myself and I'm, I'm getting better as time goes on. But the most, most beneficial thing I've noticed is if I plan out my day the night before, like if I already have some ideas in mind of, of what I want to do because some things, some things in your schedule, you're, you're going to repeat. So it's, you know, not, not going to really have to, you're not going to really have to be too cognizant of like brushing your teeth, Going to a gym for me because that's a, that's a staple. But like tasks that I had to do, like maybe I should grocery shop. Bother me. That's okay. Maybe I should grocery shop. Maybe I got to pick something up. And then also with the business that we run, I always look at our schedule and, and Asana. And I already kind of predict on what things I'm going to work on that day. And so a schedule is is a long-term commitment with also short-term commitments in between. Because your long-term commitments are going to be your staples. And then your short-term commitments are going to be your be your task for, for that day. They're going to vary day-to-day. So if you're really struggling to, to hop on a good schedule, try to do it the night before. And also, it's always good to probably do it like before bed. That way, you're kind of burning up whatever mental, mental uh, I guess, strength you have so far. Because sometimes we've, we, we're in bed. And we're just thinking about stuff, right? We're thinking, we're thinking because yeah, we're, we can't relax. Where we can't relax because we're so think, thinking about stuff. A good thing to, to do is just have your room devoted to, to sleep. It's going to go into a sleep topic, but it's good to like plan something out in your head in the living room before bed and then, then go to sleep afterwards because you're going to associate bed with just sleep and then like your living room with your thought process and your schedule instead of like bringing your thoughts of what you got to do tomorrow into your bedroom. Your, body, your brain is going to, for some reason, it works. Your brain is going to realize that you're in a bedroom and this is where that speak ends. And your, is going to, your brain is going to differentiate between where you handle business and where you don't. Yes, Same with watching is. TV. If you don't want to watch TV and you, have a, and you have a TV in your room, the best thing to do is just still watch TV in the living room. And then when, even if you're standing up late, you're better off still staying up late in your living room and then going to your bedroom to sleep compared to watching TV in your bedroom and trying to fall asleep at the same time. Yeah, and, and this is why when we flew into Chicago, we did things like try to get an office space and dedicate that time to working there. There's just something where you just develop like those episodes about the neuron connections, right? You just tap in. It's so much easier to tap into a state of flow because you're dedicating that. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, that goes into that goes into a lot of habits, which is like almost doing one task at a time. So let's just jump into yeah, this. one more thing. I'm not thinking about it. You know how like if you have a say a jaguar and you're raising a jaguar on, on, on your land. Okay, I thought it was gonna be a car, but then you said raising. I'm like, damn, he's talking about an animal. Yeah, yeah. You raise a jaguar and then for some reason, when you release the animal into wild, it's, it's still able to behave this, the same way. I feel like that's with, with us handling business as, as humans. You devote one area. So as, as a kid, you're already programmed to this. You're already trained. Classroom, learning, teaching. Right. It's primitive. There's a desk and a seat. And then you replicate that. What's in a cubicle? A desk and a seat, right? And what's in our office? Desks and seats. So our instinct naturally is, okay, there's desks, seats, and lights here. And now I have, this is where I got to do work. Because a lot of times people have an issue, issue especially with COVID nineteen, they have an issue of of being efficient at home because you have you're doing everything under one roof, yeah. and your body can differentiate when it should do what, and it overwhelms itself with all these stimulus. And then when people go to the library, it's a nice calm environment. It's like they're back in high school. This is my time to study. This is my time to read. It's pretty yeah. interesting that I thought about. And you know, this goes and this just goes into show that this is how deep self reflection has to go. You have to be so damn aware of yourself. It, it even goes into thoughts. If you keep telling yourself shitty things, you're gonna feel that way mm-hmm. because thoughts are transferring into feelings, which is the body. The second habit, though, is do not stay up too late. We've worked for uh, night shift for over four years. We switched over to days. We have been on. A regular schedule and can you tell how amazing you feel i feel very amazing it, there's a difference there's brain fog and everything that's associated shout out to all the nurses that work night shift right now they're listening to this i freaking know your pain just yeah. stick it out and try to go to days though for your own body because you feel better and there's just something about the body and there's almost you know i don't have research right now pulled up and all these facts but you know you're inhibiting specific chemicals if you're absorbing light from 11 a.m. to 4 a.m., whatever. Like, it's affecting you. And, you know, the whole circadian rhythm, just don't stay up too late. Dedicate, let, let's just say maybe the week to just have a strict schedule. Go to sleep on consistent schedules because also sleep inconsistency affects your health too. It affects your HRV and everything else. So try to at least Monday to Friday be like 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. I'm sorry, every single day and mm. stick to that and the weekends go wild if that's what you choose to do. Yeah, I think seventy to seventy-five percent of people self-report that they don't get enough sleep or their sleep isn't isn't efficient enough for them to to function at, at their optimal. Yeah, it's like one third of Americans. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's sad. But to go on like a deeper level, one of the reasons why people stay up late is due to the lack of control over, over their lives. Which, if you implement a schedule, you're gonna have more control over, and you're might naturally see yourself going to sleep at a more optimal time. And why am I bringing this up is because sometimes people overwhelm themselves with things they have to do and they do these things for somebody else, not truly themselves. And they feel like they can't, they can't control any aspect of their lives. Same thing with drug users. They can't control certain aspects of their lives, but what can they control? That drug. Like I'm putting that drug in my system. Yeah, it feels like, good. Like yeah, right, heroin is bad, but no one's giving me heroin. I'm getting the heroin. I'm putting it in my own system. That's their control. And same with, same with sleep. It's just like, hey... My mornings are always me doing tasks for somebody. Afternoons, I'm always, you know, doing other stuff. And you, you think you don't have this control. So what one thing you control is staying up late. I'm going to go to bed at whenever I want to go to bed, not when I have to. Because I, I've been doing I have to throughout my whole day. Nighttime is, is when I, I do me. And that's people control because you're the ones that are choosing to keep that Netflix running yeah, till it, 1 o'clock a.m. It really is just a bad relationship with yourself mm-hmm. that you have to solve. 
And those are one of those coping mechanisms is sacrificing sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of it, man, when it comes to not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think night shift kind of messes up a little bit too. Because sometimes I could just, I could for sure, if I don't, if I don't take my ass off the couch and go to my bedroom and turn off all the lights, I could literally stay up all night. I could literally stay up till four in the morning, Watching morning easy. Just because that four and a half years of night shift is that built in for me. And day shift is still something new. And still waking up in the morning. When I was before nursing nursing school, or not, sorry, before I became a nurse and doing night shift, I used to easily be able to wake up at 7, 30, 8 o'clock. No problem. Now it sucks. You just got to drag yeah. yourself, right? Now I'm happy with, with 9 a.m. You know, 8.30 is, is, is great, but 9 a.m. is usually when I, when I wake up. And that's crazy how just over four and a half years, that already has changed so drastically. Yeah, there's some neuroplasticity to be mm-hmm. done there. So imagine if you, if, if you have kids and you teach them bad habits over 16 years of their, of their lives. Yeah. Imagine that, how that's engraved. If that's how deep I got engraved in just four and a half years. Right. And that's when, and, and age from one to 16, that's when you're learning and growing the most. Right, your brain's growing, you're physically growing, and so that's even going to be deeper rooted in. That's why childhood trauma is such a big thing because that's so hard to get rid of because because it's you're in that big of a learning process where it messes you up that much. I think that's the biggest mind effort mm-hmm. of my life is just realizing that the point to life is almost to unlearn to learn. Yeah, you yeah. it so you could relearn it, and it's crazy because. You know, our parents raise us the best way possible, and I love them for that. You have to love them for that because that's the only way they were able to raise you. And sometimes they instilled those bad habits, you know, let's just say having a father that didn't take care of you or something else or a mother that didn't give you enough love or attention. So now you seek attention in your relationships, and you don't even realize this because you're not self-aware and you're falling into bad relationships or bad habits from this sense of jealousy, sense of insecurity, whatever it is. Like it's so deeply unrooted. And that's why like self-reflection, meditation, and all the stuff that we preach, it's the process of unlearning to learn. And that's how you truly learn to develop yourself. But it just takes time. And that's why some of these habits are so important that we talk about because whatever deck of cards you were handed to in life, whether it's the traumas or experiences, it's going to affect your life where you might be falling back into those pitfalls, right? If you are somebody that, uh, geez, I want to give an example here. I don't want to give bad eating habits because we do it so so much. But let's just say it's on this topic of like depression or anxiety. Let's just say your mother was anxious or father and you're prone to that. You have to be consciously aware every single day because you might not realize it, but your chest is getting tight and your palms are getting sweaty. So you're, you're getting anxious because you're falling back into being unconscious. Mm. So yeah, whatever deck of cards you were handed, it just becomes that much harder. So that's why developing habits and sticking to them is so important. Yeah, it's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, if you guys Jeez, are, man, I went in. Whew, let me yeah. take a sip here. What, what time is this? So we could, you know, bring this up, up in the beginning of the episode to make sure you fast forward to this part. Yeah, that's At least dope. this part. But I'm glad you brought up like an anxious mother, mother and father because both my parents, they're not anxious at all. And I'm... And I'm super anxious all the time. But my parents, my dad's super calm and then so is my mom. But like, I'm just anxious. So I don't know if maybe somebody down the line, my, my lineage, or maybe I just learned it over, right. over school. Yeah, or maybe, it could be know. learned. And it's just, it's what it is, is mentally, you're able to like kind of calm yourself and you meditate. But it's like your body that's kicking this freaking mm-hmm. habit back up, dude. It's like, 
it's weird. It's almost like a freaking dynamic possession if you want to go that deep where it's like your body just, oh, I want to be anxious. It loves it because it it loves that pain. Even though it's right. not good for it, it's just what it's used to, you know? Yeah. And that's like, my, that's like my baseline. So I have to like relax myself to get out of that. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, been, it's been getting over, like better over time, I could say. But sometimes it's just like I don't always catch myself. And I'm just like, damn, I'm anxious as fuck right now. Let me just calm down right. over and, like no reason. And you just got to take that. That's why it's so important, like, um, that Dr. Andrew Huberman talks mm. about is taking that breath because you want to calm down that sympathetic nervous system that's just so used to just firing all the time because it's just years of uh, programming, man. Yeah. And you, I get it. You know, you could get it with little things, just like, you know how we talked about having, like, that speech issue where second language and sometimes you could, like, stutter, get, like, tripped up, like, metoprolol or mm. something. You know, it, it's crazy where that gets hindered because of, you know, second language and all that. Yeah. So let's go into the next one. So this third habit to incorporate into your life is learn a single task at a time, focus on one thing and just be persistent to that. Finish that, move on. There's just something when you have a focus, we're just meant to be programmed that way. That whole multitasking thing is, I feel like essentially a myth. Yeah. Only 2.5% of people can actually multitask. Elon Musk can multitask. I can't multitask very efficiently. That's why there's people out there, and, and no, I'm not saying that if you can't multitask, you're not be successful. I'm saying that there's crazy people out there that are able to multitask, and there's only 2.5% of them. Wow, and yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm not one of them because I noticed that if I do one thing at a time, it's a lot more efficient than doing multiple things at a time. And I guarantee you, Elon Musk at one point wasn't always multitasking. He usually had a focus on one company at a time. The biggest company that, that he was focused on was PayPal. And he devoted all his attention into, into PayPal. And he was a giant single task kind of person, but building businesses over time allowed him to be able to understand and, and become better at multitasking. So you don't just be, you know, not just bold or multitasker because right. you're not the 2.5%. It's like the elite. Yeah, it, it really does kill your productivity. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about our modern day era with, you know, cell phones and everything. Like you, you sit down behind the computer and you're about to type and then your mind is like, dude, let me just check this app or something. Like it just wants to get so damn distracted. And that's the damn hardest part in living in our time. There's just a sensory overload. Our senses are so overloaded. We don't know how to just sit and relax yeah. our animal instincts. But if you do, you're going to tap into some awesome productivity and you'll save a lot more time. You're going to get a lot more done. Trust me. Yeah, I'll give an example like reading a book. Are you being more efficient reading a book one book at a time or reading two books at a time? Probably one book at a time because you're gonna yeah because you're going to you know things are going are going to cross and you're going to relate things between the books that aren't meant to be related and you're going to get lost and you're not going to get the full benefit of the of the, of the book. And luckily, there's audibles and books that you read, and I, I haven't really found a difference between reading a book versus listening to an audible versus reading a book. And listen to Audible at the same time, you could say. Not at the same time while reading and listening, but but listening to a book in one hour and then reading a book the next hour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have, you could do, try doing that, but you're still doing one thing. It's like try doing two Audibles at the same time. It's not going to be as efficient. But just because it's a different format, your brain processes differently. So you could read a book and do, do an Audible in the same month. You can. But if you're going to do two Audibles, it's going to start getting messed up because your body is relying on different senses for, for its information. And it's, that's where it benefits on. Yeah, and same with like multitasking, like trying to do the same thing, like trying to do four tasks on a computer is inefficient because your brain is always exposed to the same stimulus and it's going to get get put to put together. That's why if you 
have to multitask, try to use different senses, one for hearing, one for visual. It's a lot harder to do. It's actually really hard to do because we rely usually multiple senses at the same time. And that's why multitasking is not efficient because you're relying on all these senses at the same time and you can't differentiate between different senses and your brains get super confused. This is why nursing sucks. Yeah. Because we have to multitask. Like we're, this is why we nurses have a bunch of alcohol pads and sticky notes all over the place and we, we were forgetting shit. We're scrambling around because we're just so damn task heavy. You can't focus on one thing. That patient needs that. But this guy needs pain meds. That guy's oxygen is damn low. And you're just like. And it's stimulation. It's stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. always going down. Something always has to get done. And then when you finally get that break, you're like, oh, for sure, I'm done with all my patient care. You got a chart. So what are you doing again? Looking at the computer which you're using your eyes and you're also hearing those alarms. So it's just like same thing as, as patient care, right? So it's still the same stimulation. So that's why it's, it's so draining and, and, and you just drown in it over time. And it's why you should multitask. And that's why you need to take nurse breaks, mm-hmm. aka start travel nursing guys, hit us up. <laughs> for real. For right? Real. No, seriously, man. You, you, It's such a nice time having three months off. Mm-hmm. You could really like recharge yourself. And even this whole self-awareness thing, like I'm connecting dots so much having some time off reflecting back and everything so the next habit that you should incorporate is listen and be kind it goes a long way to be empathetic and this is why you were born with one mouth and two ears is so you could listen more right very cheesy but yeah it's cheesy but honestly it helps with your patient care and everything in life because how many times are you so stuck in your head where the person says your name or you're just not listening to the conversation you're just blanking out and just like damn what did he say, you know? And you're just not being, a, you know, you're not being pr- in the present moment. And I think it's like a great exercise to listen because it helps you focus on the actual conversation, not trying to predict things or what the person's going to say, what you, maybe you should say and et cetera. Yeah, and you, you don't understand how much free shit you get for being nice to people. Like think back at all the times you've been nice that you got a free stuff. It's because you were nice. Like just over the weekend when we were out, I got the two free water bottles. And yeah, when man and I party, we drink water, you know? So I, I just, just because, you know, I talked to her a few times to, to when we got water, we all had a conversation with her and somebody just got free water. Yeah. And the same with Starbucks, you know, there's been a few times where I- Did you no, tip her good? No, I didn't get very good. I mean, maybe. If you want, I got to check my, my chase. Right. Yeah, I'm like, damn. Probably did, dude. That's probably why. Slept a 20, man. I mean, yeah. she's going to get these bottles for free. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. But even like at Starbucks, when I used to go there during nursing school, I used to stay there late. And, you know, I was always nice to everybody and somebody's already get like free cake pops and, and like just free snacks just because, hey, you know, you've been here all day and you're nice and then you give me free shit or it's going to expire next week. So they're just like, hey, we got to we got to get rid of us. We'll just give it to you. Yeah. So it's like, what the hell? So and just 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 for being nice. And that's it. That's it. And it's also so rare because so many people don't actually listen. People don't know how to give pe- time to people. And when they do, people are so appreciative you feel so good because you feel their energy and it just, you know, if you believe in karma, everything good energy goes in. I mean, you're going to feel that way you're expressing and it's just a, a ball of good joy and you're going to be just po- And this is what positivity is about, you know, you're giving and you're receiving just the way the world works. Especially if you don't see that person very often. Let's just say you go to Starbucks, Starbucks once a week, just, you know, ask somebody, Hey, how they're doing? And they tell you, Hey, yeah, um, I've been, you know, it's been good. I'm in school. I'm struggling. With, with chemistry right now. And they're like, oh, I well, hope, hope, like, well, I hope you do good. And then, you know, you leave. And next week you come back and the same person's there. You know, you could ask, hey, how was your chemistry exam? They're going to feel like they're very appreciative because you're like, oh, shit. 
this person knew I, I had a chemistry exam because I told them before. And that's just how generosity works. And then people recognize you for your kindness and they remember who you are. Yeah. Especially because you know, this kind of goes into judging why you shouldn't judge people and listen to their story. You don't know what the person is going through that situation, you know. Even if you're at the bar, man, let's just say like somebody's just trying to like just had a bad day and you start trying to start some shit. You know, you did some jiu-jitsu, you could probably take them down. Just say, hey, sorry, man. Sorry I bumped into you. Because you don't know what the person is going through. He might be just emotionally lit and he's trying to drink and it's just a bad situation. So always, you know, hear people out. You know, another scenario, just like in the hospital, you don't know what this person is going through. Give time to them. And that also builds wisdom, you know. If you actually listen to people, you can learn so much from them. But often enough, we don't listen. Like the older people, I love talking to them. And if I have time, I always kind of pull up a chair, sit down, try to get to know them, ask them these deep questions like, what's one advice you should, you know, that you learned that you wish you learned earlier or something? It's like, if you ask that throughout the week and you work as a nurse, imagine how much wisdom you gain. Yeah, which falls nicely into the point number five, always try to learn. And this, like at work, every time there's something new going on, I always try to check it out. Even if it's while travel nursing, like how to do, a, do an A-line. Like I'm, I've done an A-line for four and a half years, but let me just check it out anyways because maybe they do it differently yeah, here. Different physicians. Exactly. You know, and then different protocols. So always try to do that. And the best example is, is, is at work. Yeah, I know you have to chart and you're busy, but still try to at least learn a little bit every time because there's going to be a point where you're going to need to help with the chest tube and even though you had a chance to look at it five times, you didn't take the opportunity and now you don't really know how to do a, do a, do a chest tube. Things like that. And as that goes with, with outside of work as well, Matt mentioned the question that, that he always asks, what's something that, what's some advice that you can give to me that you wish you would have known? That's an amazing question to always ask somebody older than you because they always have something crazy and always something interesting to, to tell you. Yeah. Of course, sometimes they joke about it. Hey, don't get married, travel more, things like that. But usually it stumps them a little bit because they actually think about it. They actually think about it. It's not a question that, they, that people get asked often. And they always have to take some time to think about it. And that's the beauty of it because you're learning, but they're also learning about themselves. And it's a double learn times two. So it's like double the energy, bro. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's deep. And also when it comes to learning, you're, you're going to feel like fear sometimes in life. And I think you should lean more into that fear because that's going to learn and teach you so much more. Whether it's a perfect example, like 4th of July, man, we went to like an awesome party and it was just like we learned so much from that. And it could be the smallest things. Maybe sometimes it's like you get nervous going on a date because it's a new experience and you might cancel if you're a chick and like, ah, oh, I just feel uncomfortable. And then you like think about that event like, oh, why'd you, why'd you not want to do this? Or why'd you cancel? Or why'd you not commit to it? What's really deep inside that's not letting you do that? Did you really just reject him or cancel on him? Or were you afraid to speak with him? You know, like really tap into that fear. And that's, that's that not being comfortable, right? That's that uncomfort zone. And that's where you really learn. And that's that's the experience. That's the beauty of life. You're always going to keep learning. And if you don't, you're going to start stagnating. And nature doesn't operate like that, right? There are seasons. Things die, grow. They get reabsorbed, right? Cycle of life. Same thing in life. If you're going to stagnate, that damn karma is going to be kicking you in the ass. There's going to be events happening in your life to help you learn and get over this hump in your life. And if you don't, life's going to suck. Life's going to suck. 
And thank you guys for tuning in. We just gave you five awesome habits to incorporate into your life and your work life for a better work-life balance. Exactly. I hope you guys liked this episode. I think it went pretty deep. and we sure. talking about some awesome topics. Take care, guys. Have a great one. See you.